You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. I'm your host, Kyle Loomis, back again to talk about some basketball as we get close to the beginning of the 2020-2021 men's basketball season now we've only had sparing news to go around in the off season as it usually is the case but in a COVID-19 era sometimes the news can be a little bit unsure or uncertain but the great thing is since our last episode Auburn's men's basketball has gotten back to the practice court and has started to put together the makings of a team for this season it's a very exciting time so we're going to talk about some of the things that have been discussed and are being speculated out of the first couple of practices, the first couple of weeks of practice as we get closer to the beginning of the season, and some scheduling information with the Big 12 SEC Challenge being added to the Auburn men's basketball schedule. Before we do that, I want to put out a reminder again that this show is going in a bit of a transition period as I am running this by myself at the time. And as I did last episode, I'll put the call out again. If you're interested in joining me as a co-host here on Inside the Jungle and be able to talk about Auburn men's basketball on a regular basis, or even if you'd like to do it yourself and you, you and a buddy, Uh, want to do it yourselves here. I'd be willing to let you guys have the show as well, but I can promise you this, for the future, we will continue to do Inside the Jungle with at least myself and maybe some special guests along the way, because I love talking men's basketball, and I love talking about our men's basketball, so we're going to keep this thing going. But that special call out is there for you if you'd like to take advantage of it. So now that the network business is out of the way, let's talk about some Auburn men's basketball news. So with practice starting Obviously, speculation is very high. That's the thing that we do in the off season is like we start looking for the, the stars and speculating on what might be, what possibly could happen, what piece is going to fit here, what person is going to be filling this role. And it's going to be very interesting during this time because we're entering a season, obviously, with the craziness that's happened on this year is going to make things interesting to say the least. But the fact that Auburn's going to be replacing a ton of talent and a ton of of leadership, which is going to be, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Just to think about, you know, the likes of Anthony McLemore, Isaac Okoro, and others being not there anymore to lead the team on. Uh, you've got a lot of a young talent that has the ability to rise to the occasion, but will they do that? That's going to be the question that we try to answer here. And let me just remind you that this is going to be the first time in these last couple of weeks of practice that Auburn's actually been on the court together as a team in a formal fashion. I'm sure they've been playing together in the offseason when they could and when it was safe to do so during the uh, lockdown restrictions and things of that nature. But since March, they have not been able to be together. Uh, but these last couple of weeks have been trying to put together the makings of a team. 
And Coach uh, Pearl has even said that he admits that this is one that's very talented but is lacking in experience. And he even goes on record saying that this is the youngest team that he's had since he's been coaching Division One basketball. So he's had some time in Division Two, I believe. So he maybe had a little bit younger of a team back there. When you really look at who's the older players on the team, you're looking at Jamal Johnson and Javon Franklin. Now, Jamal probably had a little bit more game experience, at least in the first half of the season, than Javon Franklin. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's really who you're going to look to for your people with some, uh, I won't call it maturity, but it just they call it the elder statesman in the article that I have in front of me. Now, other than that, there are 10 players on scholarship that consist of five sophomores and five freshmen. Put that together. No seniors on the team, two juniors, five sophomores, five freshmen. And only one returning player actually started a game for Auburn, and that's Alan Flanagan. And he only started in place of Isaac Okoro while he was injured or coming back from injury. Uh, so just think about that. You're basically returning, or excuse me, not returning at all. You're replacing an entire starting lineup. And not just that, but your next men up or your second group of five. Auburn last season talked a lot about, well, we could insert this group of five and then that group of five, and there's not really a lot of drop-off. Is that going to be the case this season? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of different names out there, a lot of different players getting an opportunity to show their stuff. Um, so just get ready for a brand new starting lineup that we're going to have to get used to over time with some familiar faces, obviously, but uh, still it's going to be a whole new world, so to speak out there. And Bruce did say that he thinks that the good news is, is that if you think about it, there shouldn't be a lot of drop off from the bench to the stars because these are all so new getting together, trying to figure out the pieces, how they all fit together. There's not going to be a lot of drop off if they have to start subbing in some players, some injuries happening, or how he has to utilize people within the game. So there, think about that. If you want some good news for thinking about the youth, the inexperience, hopefully not a lot of drop-off from where we currently are with the starters to the back end of the lineup. So within that lineup, let's talk about who the leaders are, are going to be. We already talked about Jamal Johnson, Javon Franklin being the elder statesman of the team right now. But if you really want to look at who might be the leaders, and this is some speculation really coming from Bruce, maybe you look in the way of Jalen Williams. I mean, he came on strong in the back end of the schedule there for 2019-2020. Uh, Devin Cambridge is another name. We already mentioned Alan Flanagan being the only one with starting experience. Another couple of names here that I think would make my former co-host uh, Drew Hooper very happy. He pointed out Tyrell Jones or Tyrell Turbo Jones, who... We thought we'd see a lot more time from, and we just didn't, and uh, I think that was very disappointing for Drew throughout the season because he had a lot of high hope for him. A guy that I'm very high on is Babatunde Akingbola. Uh, it's a wonder that I can actually say that name without slipping up, but Stretch, for easy uh, ways of saying it, we could just say Stretch, is another guy you maybe look to for leadership. But the guy that he seems to be highest on in terms of just kind of expectations or maybe even just what he sees in practice right now is Jamal Johnson. And so I think that's probably the guy that you're going to see um, Bruce lean on a little bit. Jamal Johnson, Alan Flanagan, Devin Cambridge, and then these other guys will kind of fill in the leadership roles around them so far. Obviously, the big name coming in is Sharif Cooper. We're all excited for it. We really have wanted someone to come in and take hold of the point guard position like Jared Harper did. Now, folks, let me go ahead and caution you right now. You're setting yourself up for failure 
if you're expecting Sharif Cooper from day one to be Jared Harper. He's not going to be. Don't do that to yourself. You'll put yourself in depression. You'll be angry. You'll be getting on Twitter, spilling all kinds of nonsense. Just give the guy some time to get adjusted to being part of collegiate men's basketball. It's a big step up. He's a very talented player, and I expect him to do big things, but just let's pump the brakes until we actually get the chance to get on the court together in a very weird season and just figure things out. And hey, if I'm being overly cautious, we still come out good on the end because that just means that he exceeded my, ex- not exceeded, because I expect him to get it, but exceeded my caution. Uh, so that's the thing that I would just caution everybody. Be careful, pump the brakes on the Sharif Cooper hype just to be safe for now. Another thing out of practice that I found interesting is we all know that Bruce Pearl loves to shoot the three ball or at least allow his players to shoot the three ball. And uh, that's not going to be, you know, a change of things. I think we're still going to see that a lot. The interesting thing, though, is he's continuing to maintain that he wants what would be considered a five man in his lineup. Those would be the guys like Dylan Cardwell, uh, Baba Tuniaki Bola. He wants them to be able to shoot the three as well. And he said their shooting's coming along, but it probably means that's coach speak for it still needs a little work. The goal is to have them be shooting big men at some point. So that's kind of the news that's coming out of practice. Obviously, a lot of hype around Sharif Cooper and who are the leaders going to be would probably be the two big storylines that I would take away from preseason practice. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Now let's talk about the aforementioned schedule updates that we have here. The main one, and there's been some uh, movement in terms of the Orlando Invitational, who Auburn will be playing first and, and things like that. And um, I haven't gotten a full update on that yet, so I'm not including that here. But the big one, uh, especially recently, is for Auburn adding uh, the SEC Big 12 Challenge again to their schedule in 20, well, technically it'll be 2021 uh, when they'll be playing this game since the Big 12 SEC Challenge moved uh, to playing in a single weekend in the back half of the men's basketball season on the opposite side of the new year. That I, I found that interesting that that is a somewhat recent change, and I wasn't aware of that. It probably tells you how unattuned I was into the SEC Big 12. I always get, let's just be honest, is it Big 12 SEC Challenge or, uh, or SEC Big 12 Challenge? I obviously want to put SEC first because we belong to the SEC, but that's just me digressing at this point. So the SEC Big 12 Challenge that Auburn will be taking part in will be the 8th annual, and we are going to be playing Baylor in Waco, Texas on January 30th 
2021. I also feel like the games are always January 30th, 31st, 29th, right in that week. And it seems like that that's the section of the month that they have locked in for this challenge every single year. Again, as a couple of reminders for how the SEC Big 12 challenge, again, whichever way you want to say it, is played out. All 10 Big 12 teams, let's just think about that for a second. Big 10 or Big 12, 10 teams, somebody do the math there. All 10 of the Big 12 teams will be participating in only 10, obviously, of the 14 SEC teams. And that means that four SEC teams will not be doing that and they will be more than likely uh, playing each other during that time. The interesting thing that I found out here is that each of the 10 SEC teams that participated in the 2020 challenge will be participating in the 2021. Typically, you rotate out over a couple of years, if that's, if my understanding is correctly on that, and the fact that nobody's rotating in, I'm kind of curious as to why that is and just want to kind of know what the decision process with maybe it had something to do with COVID-19 and anticipating some issues with that. But I can't honestly wrap my head around that at that point. I just found that very interesting that there was no rotation out. And I'm thankful that Auburn remains there because I'm not sure if they would have been rotated out at all. Let's talk about the game for Auburn, though, potentially with Baylor in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And all time the series, Baylor does lead 4-2. to two. Now, traditionally, at least modern era, Baylor has been a lot better than Auburn, but their history goes back uh, quite a bit. They've only met, oh, well, not too far, but at least a couple decades back. Um, let's see here. They only matched up three times in the last 50 years. So 1995, 1996, and 2009. I don't even remember that 2009 one, and I was at school then. Uh, the Tigers are 1-1 one one when facing the Baylor Bears on the road. So, 50-50 chance, if history holds true here, that Auburn will be able to get this win on the road. Here's the trouble, though. <laughs> Baylor is supposed to be a top-10 team for the upcoming season. And just a little bit of background of where they're coming from. Again, this is based off of last season's performance. So take that with a grain of salt. But just to give you kind of what they might be working with, they were 26-4 and four a year ago. And they were turning all four of their all-Big 12 performers. So let's think about that. Auburn has lost all of this upperclassmen leadership and talent. Baylor is returning all their Big 12 performers, four of them. That's pretty, uh, in terms of experience, and we'll call it quote-unquote maturity on the court, that's quite an advantage that doesn't look good in Auburn's favor. Um, That's just speculating here way out in the future when this game actually happens, when we haven't seen this either teams put the actual teams on the court yet, but that's a little bit of a disadvantage, I would say, for Auburn for the time being. Um, Also, as a reminder here, the Baylor Bears made the NCAA tournament six times since uh, 2012, and their 217 wins since the 2011 and 12 season are second most in the Big 12, only, only behind Kansas at 264 wins. So when all you're trailing is Kansas, that shows you how successful their program has been over the last couple of seasons. So I would say Auburn has gotten some favorable draws in the Big 12 SEC Challenge over the past couple of seasons. We'll call them somewhat difficult challenges. Iowa State, uh, TCU, um, moderate challenges. That maybe would be the better term to do that. Iowa State, it depends on what year you catch them. Uh, TCU, I think, was in kind of an upswing, too, when we played them. I think it was last season, uh, two seasons ago. But here's the thing. 
this team looks like it's going to be very good this season. So this might not have been the best draw for Auburn. However, the hype around it, especially for Auburn fans, if we can pull off the upset, will be a, a very good thing right there. Overall, Auburn is 2-3 and three in the SEC Big 12 Challenge in its history of participating, and it's won the last two that it's participating. Tigers won uh, at TCU in 2017, and in the Iowa State game last year in Auburn Arena, they got the win as well. So the games are going to be played on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, obviously way out in the future here, so we don't know who's going to get those games, when, what times. We just know January 30th, 2021 is when Auburn will take on Baylor in Waco, Texas. Now, a little bit of like just personal stuff here. I have some family that lives out in Waco, Texas. And I really would love, love to have gone to this one. However, I will be traveling out to Waco like a month later, so I can't justify two trips out there within a month. Uh, I was really hoping the game would be like lined up like a week within each other. That's a big ask, I know, but it just didn't work out. So I'm really disappointed I couldn't go out to Baylor and participate in that game there, especially if they're allowing spectators. Who knows what's going to be happening at that point. Just want to give you a brief perspective of the rest of the SEC Big 12 matchups. Obviously, we talked about Auburn and Baylor. Alabama at Oklahoma. Arkansas at Oklahoma State. Florida at West Virginia. Texas at Kentucky. Texas Tech at LSU. Iowa State at Mississippi State. TCU at Missouri. Kansas at Tennessee, and then Texas A&M at Kansas State. I see a couple of very interesting matchups on there, and maybe we'll come back and do not necessarily an Inside the Jungle episode, but maybe just an uh, E2C Extra episode and invite some people on to maybe predict what will happen in the SEC Big 12 matchup. We can include Auburn in that, obviously, but I think it would be interesting to see everybody's perspectives on what might happen with each of these programs and each of these matchups. I do think, obviously, the the Big Ten and ACC uh, challenge matchup they have every year is probably the marquee one. But the SEC and the Big 12 challenge, it's shown the ability to be highly competitive. And last year, I believe, we split it 5-5, five to five, so a tie. And so no, S, uh, no conference actually took the advantage in that. So I'm very excited for this. The matchup's going to be tough for Auburn. Uh, and I think there's a few challenges that present itself with Baylor being a little bit more highly anticipated in terms of success this season, having a little bit more of a leadership already established on the team. However, that does not mean that this team can't come together for Auburn and be very successful in this challenge by the time it gets here on January 30th, 2021. So that's the news uh, that we have within the team for practice and the schedule update that we have right now. We'll be getting more news and more information come out as we get closer and closer to the season beginning at the end of November. And I am super excited to be talking about some Auburn men's basketball in more detail with you as time goes on. Let me know what you thought about all this stuff, uh, about all the schedule updates, uh, stuff coming out of practice in the comments of this episode on the website. I hope to hear from you soon. You can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Thanks for listening and War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?